Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,345. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the 7th annual Carmel Mission Classic that takes place on Wednesday, August 14th at the Carmel Mission in beautiful Carmel-by-the-Sea, California during the Monterey Pebble Beach Car Week. For more information, go to the carmelmissionclassic.org website. Love what you do. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from Ontario, Canada. Hillary Nowak. Hey, Hillary, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am, Mark. Looking forward to it. All right, here we go. Hillary Nowak is the owner of Ink and Iron, a shop specializing in classic car restoration, custom work, and empowering women. Hers is an all-female auto body repair shop where she also encourages the next generation of female techs through teaching. Hillary got into the trade at the young age of 17, and while attending trade school, She was the only woman throughout her school years. Knowing she would one day have her own shop, she set out to make that shop very different from her competition, all the while noticing more women were entering the trade. After hearing other women's struggles and discrimination and how they overcame those challenges working in mostly male-dominated fields, she was inspired. And after running an Indiegogo campaign to fund her startup, she hit the ground running and Ink and Iron opened its doors in April of 2015. So, Hillary, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your business and obviously a very obvious passion you have for working on cool cars? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of loved the older cars, and that's predominantly what my business does now. So we opened our doors in April of 2015. And like you said, we are an all female auto body shop. And we, you know, we specialize in those classic car restorations, a little bit of custom work, I call it the fun stuff. That's pretty much what we do. I, my passion for this started when I was 17, like, from a really young age, I started as a co op student. And I was lucky in the way that I had a really great experience and it really just kind of hooked me in from day one. And I've always felt like it was, you know, a world that I belonged in and it was someplace that like I could fit in and just, you know, kind of never looked back and then always had wanted my own shop and things just kind of fell into place about four years ago. And I'm super excited. I work with a great group of women and I, you know, I just, I'm really passionate, not only about my trade in general, but I'm really passionate about encouraging more women to get into it. And that's kind of like one of my big goals with my shop is that I hope, you know, young girls out there can see this and think to themselves like, hey, I can do this too, or or, there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to do this trade. Absolutely. I think this is really cool. I've had some women on the show before that work in the field and the trade. One comes to mind is, of course, Bogey, who's on television, All Girls Garage, Sarah Leitner is her... uh, her non-stage name, I guess you could say that. But uh, she kind of reminds me of you in that sense of a woman kind of breaking the mold and getting out there and doing some really cool things. And I've had several other women on the show as well that are kind of in the same area. But what you're doing and making your shop different with having women in the shop working on cars is, I think, pretty cool idea. And I want to 
make sure that we have some fun sharing this with everybody. But before we jump into anything else, I want to ask you for a mantra or some kind of a success quote that you kind of live by, that you go by, something that kind of helps move you forward and motivate you. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, <laughs> Hillary, take the wheel. Yeah, well, I guess kind of my first one would be, and as cliche as it sounds, is just uh, love what you do. Like, I think when you're passionate about what you're doing, it makes it so much easier. You know, when you hit those hard times or the struggles, as I always say, it's it's your passion that will carry you through. So I just, you know, every day I kind of remind myself that, hey, I get to wake up and I get to go to work and do something I love. So I, you know, that's something I live by. And then just, you know, like failure is not an option. That's also like for the business aspect of things, I try and always, you know, remember that, like no matter how tough things get, you know, you just got to like push through because, you know, I think that's really the only thing you can do. And I, I just tell myself like, you know, I will not fail. I cannot fail. And, and that kind of motivates me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it certainly helps when you love what you do, because when you don't like what you do, and you face failures, and everybody does, no matter what they face in life or what they do, they're going to come up against obstacles. It's a lot harder to want to push forward when you don't even like your job and you don't even want to be there. It's, it's just self-deflating. So, so I love those two mantras combined together because they really work really well. Well, I want you to talk about a story that instigated this passion you have for cars. You got into the business very young, 17. I'm guessing, though, that this passion you have for cars and restoration goes a little bit further back. So tell us about a pivotal moment in your life and you knew that you were indeed going to be a car gal. Well, I guess it started um, when I was in high school, we had a teacher advisor program. My teacher advisor happened to be like the shop teacher in the mechanics class. So, you know, we would meet in there uh, once every couple of weeks and, you know, I'm kind of looking around, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, this is kind of neat. Like cars are cool. Um, my dad had showed me, you know, how to change tires, how to check oil, like the basics like that from a young age. And so he really encouraged me to, you know, hey, why don't you try this class? And I did. And that's kind of, you know, what sparked my interest in cars and then when I was 17 um, because I kept getting grounded and my punishment was my parents would take away the car so then I thought you know I'm gonna go like buy my own car so I like pawned like everything that I owned like my book collection and I was able to get a thousand dollars and the only thing I could buy was a 1970 Oldsmobile and you know obviously being here in Ontario Canada our cars are you know of that age are pretty rusty so I got it it was kind of like a big piece of crap and then I'm thinking okay well now how am I going to like fix this now I want to learn about fixing the body of it and that's how I ended up in my co-op placement is I just went to the body shop and asked if they'd be willing to take me on and they did so you know I credit it to my shop teacher as well as just getting that old car and just you know then wanting to learn how can I make this look nice yeah absolutely I'm a lot older than you but back in high school we had auto shop class and I was in that class and I don't remember any girls being in that class in fact a friend of mine and I said you know it's kind of sucks there's no girls in here and I said well you know <laughs> if we go take the typing class there's it's filled with girls let's go take that too <laughs> And we did. Little did we know that we'd all be typing all day long on these keyboards that we live by. But that certainly served me well and, of course, introduced me to some young women. But, I, you know, thinking back, I always thought, I'll bet you there were some girls that liked cars and wanted to work on them, but they just never had the opportunity or thought, well, I guess that's not where my space is. Thankfully, times have changed. And I know that in my introduction, I mentioned that there's a lot more women going into the trade. I'm meeting a lot more of them through the Cars Yeah podcast here 
Is that something you're seeing that those walls have been broken down a bit? And because I just had Kara Adams on my show a few weeks ago, and she's in charge of at Bridgestone, the Indy Racing Series, the tire division of that company. I mean, you think about a woman being charged of a huge company's tire division for racing. That's pretty cool. I mean, she's broken through some proverbial glass ceilings there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So you're seeing more women come into the trade that you're practicing and the kind of business you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Like I can look back, you know, like you mentioned in the beginning, when I went through trade school here, we have an apprenticeship program for auto body. So we go to school for three levels, each level is two months. And I was the only female, all three levels. And as well as that entire college that I went to, it's kind of like transportation based. So there weren't even many women at all in that entire school, right? It's all like the mechanics program, then aircraft mechanics. And then when I actually ended up teaching auto body, at that same school, like four years ago, now I'm seeing, you know, seeing lots of girls coming through that program, which is really neat. And then even like myself, when I first started, I started at a really big shop that employs about 100 people. And I was the only woman there. And by the time I left there, 10 years later, there was uh, 10 of us. Oh, well, good. Girls. Yeah. So, Yeah, it's definitely like snowballing, I guess, would be the right word for it. Well, and no doubt people like you who are inspiring women that they can get into fields that they typically wouldn't they could or didn't even realize there's an opportunity for them. I think it's absolutely fantastic. So kudos to you for opening the garage door, the proverbial garage door for for a lot of women to uh, get into this trade. This is very cool. Well, I want to talk about a big challenge or a big failure because running your own shop is fraught with challenges. No doubt you've run up against maybe a couple failures here or there. I'd love for you to talk about one, but more importantly than that is what did this teach you so that you can move forward in a positive way? Oh my gosh, that's like, that's such a huge question (laughs) for me. You know, it was really hard being a technician for like 15 years and then, you know, everyone's like, yeah, I'll open my own shop. It'll be great. I don't have to answer to anyone. I'll just get to work on the cars that I want to do. And just like- Just the clients. (laughs) Yeah, just like that kick in the face of reality that, you know, there's a whole lot to the whole business ownership aspect of it. You know, it still is, even four years later, it's been such a learning curve, you know, whether it's dealing with customers, quoting jobs, you know, just, being organized like I'm not an organized person in general so you know getting like a bookkeeper because everything's just in disarray so I always find that like every day you know I'm slowly learning how to be a better business person and just and also like there's so much free information online that I'm finding too right like just you can join Facebook groups you can read a book and just that's been you know definitely a huge challenge for me is making that transition Another thing that has been hard is just dealing with, you know, the criticism that I get. Like if you go on to, I have a YouTube channel from when I first ran my Indigo. And if you go on there, that video still up and just go you know, reading some of like the really nasty things that people say and just kind of learning like not to take that personally and, you know, just letting it not bother me, I guess. Like I always thought I was a strong-willed person being in this trade, but that, that, you know, when you're kind of out there on a public platform now as being like a business owner or, or doing something that's, you know, doesn't really jive with everyone and just getting that like feedback, like it hurts the first, you know, 
first few times, right? So that's been just like a challenge was just kind of learning how to, you know, deal with that and like not let it bother me, not engage and just kind of overcome that. Yeah, it's a tough thing. I remember the first time I got a a comment about my podcast back when I started this and and I still remember to this day and I try not to let it bother me. But this guy, you Mm -hmm. know, he said this could be a really great show. But the host is like listening to Barbara Walters drone on and on. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Not even. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I and. uh my wife said, hey, Barbara Walters is massively successful. You don't have to like her to realize that she's hugely successful. So I take that as a positive comment. But I still think about that. But I had a friend who said, you know what? There's always going to be people that try to beat you down. And it's those people typically that are beat down themselves and they have nowhere else to go. They don't realize, you know, so yeah, yeah, it's just tough. And when I launched my TV show this year, same thing. I mean, just some people... You know, it doesn't click with them. It's like, okay, but some people find a reason to be really nasty and mean. And you just have to kind of, I call it duck and dodge. Let the bullets go by. Move your head and let it go right over your shoulder. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And especially with, I find like social media, right? People will say things online that they would never say to your face. Yeah, exactly. That's the danger of these little devices we carry around. I say everyone's brave at the keyboard. um, Oh, yes. You know, or rude at the keyboard is another one. So, uh. (laughs) Yeah, you have to learn to either snooze, unfollow, or unfriend those folks because they're not <laughs> on your side. So why bother having them around? There, you know, it's a difference than constructive criticism. I love it when people say, "Hey, I want to try this; it might be better." But yeah, absolutely, I totally agree. With yeah, I think it isn't until you have critics that you finally know you're successful because that's a good sign. That's what people have told me. So yeah, <laughs> I'll take that in stride. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. You talked about, and maybe you already answered this question. You talk about that first old car, the rusty old car that you got. But was there a first really special car in your life that you'd like to share a memory or two about? Yeah, I think that would definitely be, you know, getting my 70 olds. I think, you know, just getting that car kind of opened up the world of like these muscle cars or these hot rods. Like I remember reading like Carcraft and Hot Rod magazine and thinking of like all the parts I could buy for it. And I think that's what really like sparked my passion for these older cars. And then my first kind of like daily dream car that I got, I was 18 and I got a Mazda MX-6. And then, you know, within a couple of days of having it, my dad came home and I had it like all taken apart and I was sanding it. <laughs> and he's like, what? Like, what are you doing? We just got this car. And I put like, this was like in the era when like Fast and Furious first came out. So I had like a little body kit on it. Oh, yeah. Some hot pink underglow. And, and you know, I, I drove that around. <laughs> first. I actually still have it. Like it sat at my parents' house and my dad's like, well, you know, maybe you should just keep it. You might want it one day. <laughs> it hasn't yeah. ran in a few years, but I still have it. So, I, I you know, I consider that my first little custom build ever. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you're hanging on to it because this next question is about, is there a seller's remorse story, a car that you wish you had in your garage? And I can't tell you how many people that had a first car, a first race car, first motorcycle that maybe wasn't that special as far as what it was, but it was special to them and they've long let it go and wish they could get it back. So yeah, your dad's right. Don't let that go. But is there a seller's remorse story in your life? Is there a car you wish you still had or uh, is that the one and you still have it? <laughs> I still have that one. I had to unfortunately sell my Oldsmobile. I was when I first moved to Toronto, 
I was renting a little garage space and that garage ended up closing and just being in like a really small apartment. I didn't have any room to keep it. So I had to sell it to a friend. And then, yeah, just like looking back, it's like, you know, I really wish I could have kept it and finished it and kind of done it justice. Right. I feel like that car did so much for me and I never got to to follow through so that, you know, I often think about that. I did have a bike as well. I had a an 08 R6, cool. my first kind of like really cool sports bike and it ended up getting stolen. So oh, not no. really like a selling thing, but you know, that kind of, I do miss that as well. Thieves remorse. Yeah. Well, I know that's a bummer. Well, I would love for you to share a lot more with our listeners about your company. It's Ink and Iron. That's Ink and then the letter N, Ink and Iron. I love that. Pretty cool. Tell our listeners more about the different things you do in your shop, what the shop means to you and what people could expect if they bring their vehicle there to have it worked on. Yes. Yeah, so like I said, we do like, if you kind of walk through our shop, we have an odd mix of, you know, a lot of older cars, just like off the top of my head, we got a, a 69 Porsche, we got a 55 Buick, 67 Camaro, 72 Mustang. So we get like a, you know, a good mix of like, I guess like different kind of older cars. And then we'll do... We do like some minor collision work as well. So we will work on like newer stuff, fender benders. We don't do any really like heavy collision or insurance work. And I often find that that's a big selling factor to a potential customers. They like that, you know, we kind of solely focus on the older cars. You know, a lot of times when you go into a shop with an older car, it tends to get back burnered because the insurance is, is where they make their money. So it might take like 10 years or something to complete a project. So, you know, we're all just super car enthusiasts and it's really fun, you know, building a relationship with a customer. I find you get just as excited as them about like bringing their dreams to life almost. So that's very rewarding. You also do uh, some teaching. You bring young women in who want to get into the trade. Are there many of those students, I guess I'll call them in, in your shop that you bring in so that they can see their future as well? Yeah, so because, you know, that's how I started in, in the co-op program through high school. I'm a really big supporter of that. I've had four co-op girls so far that come through the shop. And then I just have, you know, some apprentices. So girls who are learning and kind of like developing their skills. And for me, like, I love that. I love being able to take someone in, maybe give them like the basic skills and confidence. And then they can, you know, like send them out into the world with that confidence, like that they do belong in this industry. And so that's that. Uh, yeah. What do most of your customers think when they come in, uh, whether they know it beforehand or not, and they say, where's all the guys? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because we get like all different reactions for that. So sometimes I'll get guys that come in. Okay. My office is painted bright purple. At my old shop, it was bright pink. And I'll get guys that come in and will like, you know, look over my shoulder and say like, hey, where's the man in charge? Or, or can I speak to the ma a man that's here? I'm just kind of like, yeah, you're looking at him. You're looking at him. Yeah, there you go. And then, you know, people always find it funny that I'd say probably like 98% of my customer base is men, right? So people think being a women's shop, we have all female customers, but a lot of them are guys who you know, they're into cars and maybe their wife is into cars or they have daughters that they're raising, you know, like I'm showing my daughter how to do breaks this weekend and just kind of like pro girl power. And then we'll get the guys that come in and, you know, we'll talk about their car for a minute. And then at the end, they kind of look around and say, oh, is it all girls that works here? Like, that's kind of cool. Like not even really like phased by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's really cool. And I love when you go to your website, that landing page, is a whole bunch of women standing looking very confident that, hey, we know what we're doing. I, think, I love that picture. It's really great. And 
I'll let our, our listeners know I found Hillary on Facebook and reached out to her and said, you know, I really think it's cool what you're doing, and I love to support women in the automotive industry. In fact, I dedicated the entire month of March this year to all women in the automotive industry. Uh, and Lynn St. James, the great racer, helped me uh, find a lot of women, and we dedicated that month since that's the same month that is Women's History Month. And it's really great. And in fact, I even have a whole section on my website of all the women that have been in the show. You can find that under the resources tab. And uh, you'll find hundreds of women now there that have been on the show. So I like to see this is growing. I think it's really great. My wife was an engineer, and she faced a lot of the same challenges that women face in male-dominated fields when she was young in her career. And it was, you know, some days she'd come home pretty upset about the way she was treated and so forth. And used to just say, you know, dazzle them with your brilliance. That's where you'll beat them. And uh, she's a super smart, talented person, and that's where she would do it is just keep her head down and keep working and, and work her way through it. So I think it's a really a great thing. Fantastic what you're doing. I'll remind listeners, I'll put a link to inkandiron.com on the website here on Cars Yeah Hillary's show notes page where you can go and click to that. Check out what she's doing. I think you'll find it's really, really cool. Hillary, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah! Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah! TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Hillary, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you today. If you were a vehicle, actually manifested 
as a car. You came back as a car, I guess, reincarnation. What would Hillary be and why? <laughs> you know what? I thought a lot on this question. And then I feel like because I am a Gemini and I feel like sometimes I have two different personalities, I think one side of me would be something like obscure, but very like reliable, like an old Volvo wagon. And then I think there'd be another part of me that would be like a Ferrari, like, you know, likes to go fast and maybe a little bit hard to handle at times. So <laughs> maybe if you took like a Volvo and put like a Ferrari motor in <laughs> it or something, you know, <laughs> that'd be me. <laughs> this is a, a very creative answer because this question was not originally a question I would ask here on Cars. Yeah. And Harold Cleworth, who's a very talented automotive artist, very eclectic guy, too. I mean, he's just a real character. He gave me the idea for this question. He's one of the very few that answered the same way you did. He said the front of me would be like, a, I think it was an Austin Healy, and the back would be a Cadillac Beer Ritz. And uh, I said, well, Harold, you sound like a Frankenstein. And he said, well, you know, I'm from England, but I'm an expatriate living in the U.S., so I'm kind of a combination of both. So for you, a Ferrari and a Volvo, I get it. You know, the safe, secure, reliable, gets down, does right. the work, but got to get out there and get a little crazy once in a while. So uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nice answer, Hillary. Well, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Ferrari Volvo throttle. Okay. We'll see how that works. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I would, you know, in perspective to my trade and working, I would say it was definitely be humble and just listen. I think you always have something that you can learn from anyone, you know, regardless of whether they have more experience than you. That's definitely the biggest piece of advice that's always kind of helped me, uh, you know, keep learning and keep growing every day. Yeah, absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success over the years? I always try. I am by nature a really positive person. And I think just practicing gratitude has helped me so much. You know, sometimes it's easy to get caught up in you know, little minor things that may be going wrong in your life. But I just try and sit down, you know, every morning, every evening and just write a list either down on paper or in my head of everything that I am grateful for, that I'm thankful for or things that I have to look forward to. And I find, you know, just sometimes having and being able to keep that positive mindset is what will push you through tough times. Uh, yeah. Gratitude is a key. Boy, if you're ever feeling down, just stop and think about what you're grateful for. It's impossible to be negative about your life if you're reminding yourself what you're grateful for. That's a really important attribute. Well done. How about a resource? Is there one out there that you think our listeners would find really useful that you like? And I think this is maybe initially how we connected, but I find Tony Watley's group on Facebook, the 365 Driven, is has been really great for me. You know, I've learned so much, even just kind of reading through posts or people, you know, like you sharing your podcast. And, and like I said, there's so much free information that can help you out there on the internet. It's fantastic. I've learned so much. Yeah, Tony's been a guest here on Cars yeah as well. Uh, great guy, like his Facebook group, very positive, very forward facing. And uh, yeah, I've met some very interesting people, including you. So that's really cool. How about if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal? With anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I think that would have to be my father-in-law. So my husband and I met, he's from the Detroit area. His father, Ron Fournier, owned a business there doing like metal shaping, you know, English wheeling. And I met my husband when I took that class. And then his father passed away kind of shortly after we had met. But, you know, just learning about his life story, you know, he worked for Penske building like race cars and just all the really cool stuff that 
you know, he wrote a lot of books on metal fabrication. And, you know, now I'm kind of learning more about him. And just, you know, even in like the brief time that I got to sit down and talk with him, he was always full of, you know, really cool stories. And, and I wish that we had just had more time to kind of get to know each other. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a fantastic man. Is there mm -hmm. a book that you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. So I read around Christmas time. Everyone's told me to read this book. I finally read it. It's called The E-Myth. And it was so real. I think I was almost in tears at some point. <laughs> and it really just, you know, and I think it's really relevant for people like me who are a technician trying to transition into being a business owner and just, you know, trying to look at running your business from a different perspective. And it was really eye-opening, and I would definitely encourage everyone to check it out. You know, The E-Myth, yeah, changed my life too decades ago. It's by Michael Gerber. Yeah, I've bought that book and given it away to so many people. I even had my house remodeled about 11 years ago, and I had a lot of struggles with the contractor. And he needed to read The E-Myth. In fact, they even have an E-Myth for contractors because uh, they start bringing it out for different kinds of trades. And I think he was offended when I gave it to him. But I said, look, you know, I think you could benefit from this. It helped me in my business. And it's a marvelous book. I encourage anyone who's, well, even been around in business and is struggling maybe or just starting a business is read The E-Myth. I pulled that book out many times and read it over and over again to remind myself a much smarter, better way to run a business. So I'll remind our listeners, I'll put a link to that book on Hillary's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Hillary with one L, Noak, N-O-A-C-K, and that page will pop up. There's also a great place on the Cars yeah website where I call it Guest Recommended Books under the Resource tab, and there's way over a 1,000 books there for you to fill your library shelf with knowledge and your brain with knowledge. Put the books on the shelf, fill your brain. It's a great resource for you, and I made it real easy with a one-click to buy on all those books. All right, Hillary, you're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car today. In fact, any collector car, any kind of cool car you want, and it's going to be yours, but there are some rules that might make this a challenge. You can't sell it to fund your business or buy a bunch of other toys with, so you got to keep oh, it. Yeah, sorry about that. That little trick's off the table. It's like the genie, you know, you get any wish you want. I want a million wishes. Nah, you can't do that. No garage queens here. I want you to drive the car and enjoy it. And it's the only cool collector car you can have in the garage. So what can I buy you today? You could buy me a Ferrari F40. Oh, nice. Well, you know, this is pretty cool because the F40 kind of analog, last of the great analog supercar Ferraris, if you will. I mean, basically, it's an F1 car with a street body on the top. Some may raise their eyes at that, but it is. I've been able to drive one before, and they're just mm -hmm. insane. What is it about that car you like so much? Well, I worked at a, a really high-end restoration shop called Legendary Motor Car, and there was they were storing one there for a customer. So, you know, just coming into work every day and seeing it and then, like, learning about it and just kind of hearing it driving around and being able to, like, work on it and just, you know, like, aesthetically, I think it's really kind of aggressive and beautiful looking. And then, like you said, it's pretty much a street legal race car, right? So hearing it just like rumbling around the parking lot, it's like, this car is awesome. And you don't see too many of them. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, and they become so valuable, uh, even less and less on the road, sadly. But what I loved about that car is it's kind of roughness and rawness, because as you walk up to it at first, you go, oh man, sleek Ferrari. And then you start to see it's, it's kind of like a hand-built race car. I mean, it's a little rough all over the place. You can see the carbon fiber coming through the paint and 
The inside is pretty sterile and massive, beautiful engine. And, you know, the body panels, when they're up, it kind of exposes his mono, like little chassis, if you will, or a little monocoque and not much around it. So, uh, yeah, it's really magical car. Do you want yours in Rosso red or would you like it in pink? Oh, pink, please. Pink? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that could be a challenge. but you know, I can paint it. <laughs> I was going to say, you might have to. Yeah, I don't think I've seen them in a lot of different colors. Not a lot of different colors, but mostly red, black. I think I saw an orange one once, actually. Or no, that was an Enzo. That was an Enzo. Yeah, I'm not sure I've seen an orange one. I've seen silver, a couple other colors, but never seen one in pink. So I'm going to have to ask you to paint your own car. Sorry about that. I can do that. I, I know can you can. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of fun stripping that down and painting it. Hillary, you've <laughs> taken me on a really fun ride today. I knew this would be really great. I really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that pink Ferrari F40? <laughs> yeah, I would just say, you know, for life in general, just kind of find what you're passionate about. And I would say, follow it. For me, you know, wanting to start a business, it always felt like I was waiting for the right time. And I don't think there ever is a quote unquote right time. So I just say, you know, find your passion and don't hesitate to follow your dreams. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do something. And yeah, just remember that, you know, you only live once and just kind of you know, don't wait around. If you want to do something, go for it and make the best of it. Absolutely. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow along with you? You can find us through our website, which is inkandironauto.com. And we are on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All of that is at Ink and Iron Auto. There you go. I would encourage you guys to uh, check out what this young lady's doing with her talented team. This is very, very cool. I'm so glad that you were a guest here on the show. I'll make sure I put links to everything she shared with us on her show notes page. You can find them all there. Hillary, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your life's experiences with the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars. But who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.